3: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Be Human podcast. My name is Callie. I am your podcast host. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm literally so happy you're here. And if you're returning, welcome back. I'm so happy you're back for more. Guys, I literally took like five intros, five times to record this intro today. So that's where my brain's at. I have so many updates for you. I was like hitting record and I was like, whoa, I I literally don't know where to even go with the intro, but here we are. And I want to start by introducing this exciting story that happened today. I finally got a couch. So you guys, if you are new and you haven't been following, I moved to New York City a couple weeks, not a couple weeks, literally a week ago (laughs) has not even been that long. It's felt like I've been here for a month. I moved a week ago and I didn't have a couch for the whole week, which is pretty expected. Like I have friends who have moved and haven't had couches for several months. So we got lucky. We got we found a dream couch. Like this this couch, you guys. My dream couch, like pretty much most people I feel like that I know who like the same style of couch as me want the Restoration Hardware Cloud Couch. And if you don't know what it is, pause the podcast, go look it up, and then tell me. Tell me the Cloud Couch is not literally so beautiful. If you disagree, obviously respect, but like, um, it's insane. But the Cloud Couch is also a whopping thousand, plural, thousands of dollars. And frankly, as a 22-year-old, I don't have that kind of money yet to drop on a Cloud Couch. So hopefully in the future. But for now, we had to settle with... I'm like, I just to um, with this couch that's literally so beautiful and it's the perfect size. It's called, I might butcher this, the Montauk like white couch or something, but it came today, you guys. And I use this service called Cayo. I think I said that wrong. It's kind of similar to the real, real, but it's for furniture. And it was really actually so easy. I ordered the couch online. Basically, it's like nicer brands that have been used before and they're not like terrible quality. And I ordered this couch on there. It was like $1,000. It's a really nice couch. And it came today and I'm sitting on it right now. And you guys, like this couch is so cute. It's white. It's beautiful. But we have one one flaw. My dog, my black doodle, who is being a terror the past few days, Axel. As you probably know him if you do my workout videos, (laughs) Axel is literally my best friend ever. I adore him, but we've just not been buddies recently. Like the past few days, we've just been butting heads like back and forth. And I don't know if it's because we're both adjusting to the new city, but Axel has decided that after his morning walks to Central Park to play with other dogs, to run around, to thrive, to be spoiled, he wants to jump on my white furniture when I leave the apartment and I come back and there is dirt all over it. So this happened for my bed. The first, the first thing happened yesterday, is I left the door open to my bedroom, and my bed is still on the floor. I don't have a bed frame yet. So Axel, it's his level, and he's like, I'm gonna literally lay on this bed while I'm covered in dirt. I come back from like I think I did an, I ran an errand somewhere. I come back and this bed is covered in dirt, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm literally like I my patience is being tested. But he's like the cutest thing ever. Like I can't I can't be mad at him for more than like five minutes. But today I was thinking ahead and I was like, okay, well, obviously I can't shut my dog out of the living room when I'm away. So like I'm going to have to just figure out this whole couch situation. I want to get Guard for it to help prevent stains. But in the meantime, I'll just drape my blanket over it in case for some crazy reason, my dog, who's never been into jumping on couches before... Might get on my white brand new couch that I get today. Guys, when I'm telling you this, I literally just now, I come back, I sit on my couch and I look to the left and there, guys there are dirt marks on my brand new couch and drool marks. I can't make this up. And I've literally, I just had this realization like two seconds before hitting record. So I'm currently, I know this sounds so dramatic, but I'm like, how on earth, how is this a thing? And I mean, it's honestly my fault for getting white furniture, but... Whatever we're gonna figure it out. So that's a little life update story. Moving to New York has been literally so amazing. I have been truly blown away by it. I wasn't sure if I was gonna like New York because I was coming from Florida where it was like just beautiful oceans, beach weather, all that stuff. But honestly, I really like it here. and It's been so fun exploring the new city. I'm going and trying new things. I'm going to hang out with some new people tomorrow. I'm going to do a little workout class with a girl I met on Facebook, Facebook groups. So I'm just trying to meet as many people as I can and also trying to recover from moving because moving is really tiring. But whole thing is a lot of you guys have been emailing me slash DMing me slash I don't even know, commenting on stuff I've been posting about how you're also going through transition phases with moving. I know I've been recording a lot of podcasts about moving recently since I've really been going through that and have a lot to share on it. And I'm here to tell you that if you're feeling like you're floating through air and you're not grounded because you're going through a transition phase... It definitely gets a lot better. I mean, I've lived here now for a little bit over a week, like a week and a couple days, and I already feel significantly more grounded in my space. I'm starting to build routines you guys my morning routine has been so fire recently i am like loving it and on top of this i think i mentioned this before i was really struggling with sleeping in i kept sleeping in until like noon every day and while i do want to honor my body's um needs for rest i was finding that it was just not working with my schedule i mean i'm running a business myself like i can't have like four hours of a day to do everything so I wanted to wake up earlier. I'm a morning person and I really like my new apartment because we don't have any curtains in it. So I wake up with the light and I've been waking up naturally at like 5.36, which honestly I didn't even know was possible for me anymore. Like I truly thought that I was just going to sleep in until earliest 9 a.m. for the rest of my life for some reason I was turning not into a morning person and I just missed having those mornings so I've been getting into this really nice early morning routine again that's been working really well for me I'll wake up in the morning and I'll take my dog on a nice long walk to Central Park or the river and I'll let him run around and play and then we'll go sometimes I went this morning to my new little coffee shop I'm into it's called Blank Street New York City and I will get like a matcha I've been trying to not drink coffee right off the bat also I learned a fun fact that you're not supposed to drink coffee the first thing in the morning because it actually will make you have those crashes in the afternoon where if you wait like 90 minutes to drink coffee you're not as likely to have a crash because your body I don't even know the science behind it but it was like on another podcast I listened to on the Skinny Confidential with this like doctor so it was cool that's like a random random fun fact but I'll get like a matcha or I'll get croissant and then I'll walk back to my apartment and I've been really into doing a little bit of makeup every day. I honestly was not really a makeup person before and right now I'm not wearing makeup today but I kind of realized that I feel a lot more confident and a lot more like put together and in the mood to like be productive and like have myself a day when I feel like confident in not like confident, but I just feel good, you know, like curling my eyelashes, putting mascara on, doing brow gel. And then I've been loving Drunk Elephant's anti-pollution drops because, you know, New York City air is hella gross. I've been putting that in my lotion, putting it on my face, and that is all I do. And it like makes me feel 10,000 times better. So I'll do that and then I'll make myself breakfast. Typically, I'll make like eggs in the morning or a yogurt bowl and then I will do my devotional journal a little bit if I feel on it and then start my day. And it's honestly been really working for me. My workouts, I've been doing them at night, actually. I've been doing them with my boyfriend at like 6 p.m. when he gets back from work. We'll go to like either Equinox and do a workout class or we'll do Pilates or yoga at our apartment. So that's been really fun. And honestly, I've been like in... It's kind of an interesting because... I had this realization last night actually that I've really put a lot, I really have struggled with separating my own fitness with my studio like the classes I'm teaching and then being an instructor and so for the first time in like years I'm finally just starting to separate my work from my own personal fitness choices so today I did a bar class for fun and I'm still going to record a workout video for you guys today but it's just been like me taking less pressure off myself because for some reason I was like in my head about oh my gosh like I can only do my workouts Or I'm being a hypocrite but like that's just not true like I can do other people's workouts and if anything that's just going to help with my creativity so I'm like rambling hardcore right now but I'm really excited I joined Equinox and I'm gonna start going to like bar classes and some matplies classes there if I'm needing to like escape my apartment and I want to meet more people and yeah I'm just like feeling really good I'm really really happy here and it's definitely been awesome. And I know this intro is a lot longer than usual, so apologies there, but I hope you guys like the update. And as always, I love to hear from you guys too. If you have anything going on in your life that you ever want to share with me, like any struggles or any big wins, just DM me on Instagram at HealthyButHumanPod and tag me listening to the podcast as well. Also, you guys, it does me such a huge favor when you guys rate the podcast and leave reviews. It actually boosts the podcast a lot in like Spotify and Apple Music so more people can hear it, which means more people will learn that you can be healthy but still human and we're changing the fitness industry forever. Cool? So you guys, on that note, I want to introduce today's guest on our podcast. She is my fitness idol. I've looked up to her since like 2019, 2020. Her name's Aubrey Winters. If you know her, you love her. If you haven't met her, you're soon going to be part of her energized Corner of the World. Aubrey is an entrepreneur. to be podcast host, shameless influencer, and the creator begging the fitness concept app Sweat Sessions. Aubrey's workouts uncover dynamic movement with tons of energy, killer playlists, and just the right amount of motivation to push you further than you've ever thought you could. Aubrey has been recognized by Forbes, Shape Magazine, Pop Sugar Fitness, to name a few. You guys, I love supporting other fitness instructors, and that's why I want to bring on another fitness instructor. We teach like kind of similar styles of movement. Like we both like teach bar. We both taught at Pure Bar before. And that's how I actually found Aubrey is she like posted about teaching at Pure Bar. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm thinking about leaving Pure Bar to start my own thing. And I messaged her. And that's how we connected. So I freaking love Aubrey. She is a ray of light and has just been such an awesome mentor for me. And we got to meet in New York City a few weeks ago, actually, and it was like so fun. But Aubrey's awesome, super supportive and such a girl's girl. I hope you guys love this episode. We're talking about all things realness in the health and wellness world. And yeah, you guys let's get into things.
4: Well, Hey guys, my name is Aubrey winters. I'm so excited to be here chatting with you today. So thank you for having me on. I am the CEO and founder of the lifestyle brand sweat sessions and um, sweat Sessions started as kind of a fitness concept that I dreamed up in my car when I was living in Los Angeles. I was a professional dancer for a long time and was really trying to find a way to bring that fun energy and mindful movement to together um, into my own fitness concept. So I really envisioned something that wasn't that I wasn't doing in Los Angeles, even though I was teaching for a lot of different studios, there was nothing really like what I had in my mind of this dream fitness concept. And so I basically put my ideas into action and created sweat sessions in 2019. Um, Because of the pandemic, I went completely virtual and we can kind of get into this, but I was at a big crossroads in my career I'd been, you know, navigating the LA fitness scene, the grind there for many, many years and was just feeling like I was really ready for a change in my life, maybe a new city, maybe full-time sweat sessions. I didn't really know. And then with the pandemic, it kind of just pushed me into this virtual world and allowed me to really grow my own business. It threw me into entrepreneurship. So I say sweat sessions is a lifestyle brand because it has really turned into just that. I do a lot of challenges with my community that empower them to feel like their best selves from the inside out go after their big ass dreams as I like to call it we teach classes we have community outings I show up on social every day to really connect with my community we're launching a podcast this year I am launching merch um, and so much more so it's really like an all-encompassing lifestyle brand and it's wild to really sit in that space and own it because it's something I always dreamed of so yeah (laughs)
3: Wow. That's amazing. And it sounds like you're doing so many things. How do you manage to juggle everything without burnout?
4: Oh gosh. Burnout was something that I feel like I experienced every single day living in Los Angeles. I was perpetually burnt out as I like to say. Truly, I... Now I kind of navigate it where my days are much more scheduled out. I have a lot on my plate. I have a team, so I'm very lucky to have them um, help me and their support. But for me, I just I feel like in the pandemic it allowed me to really hone in on my schedule and take more accountability for how I was showing up each day. So you know, Los Angeles lifestyle is like in my car, twenty four seven, driving around, just like. Filling everyone else's cup but my own. And I did that for many, many years. And when I moved into entrepreneurial, or when I moved into being an entrepreneur and having my own business, I realized that this business will not be able to function. It will have zero longevity if I am not taking care of myself. So I have a lot of daily practices that I put into place, a lot of tools in my toolbox to make me feel really good and fulfilled without all of the craziness each day. That way I can show up and truly you know, do my job and do it at my best and continue to create because that's really what it's all about.
3: Cool. What are some of your top things you do every single day to help with burnout? Every single day. Um, I
4: love walking. Walking is huge for me. It's like... Now I have, um, I put it on Instagram yesterday, but I was like, let's bring in the empowered woman walk. I was like, hot girl walk who we're over it. Empowered woman walk. It is. Um, but I definitely love walking, listening to podcasts in the morning. When I wake up, I try to do a few rounds of breath work, um, that really just like neutralizes my nervous system and makes me feel much more calm right at the start of my day. I usually wake up and take my supplements. It's kind of a ritualistic thing that just grounds me and makes me feel good. it's very regimented, like wake up, walk to the fridge, big ass glass of water, supplement, (laughs) sit down, meditate, breath work, journal if I'm feeling it. Um, But one big thing for me has been like switching up my morning routine. I really don't try to stick to like one thing per se, because I also noticed when we get into that mindset, it's like when we don't do it or if we're needing more sleep or if our body's telling us to do something else that morning, I was feeling a little guilty. And I'm like, my morning routine, my rituals, like they can look a lot different day to day, as long as I'm carving out time to take care of myself. That's the most important thing. Mm, what about you? That. What do you do?
3: Cause I know you're a fitness instructor too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so honestly, I've been traveling so much. I'm in a long distance relationship right now. So I'm, I'm going like back and forth to New York every other week or so. It's crazy. And I have found it has made me condense my morning routine a lot because it's like, what are the actual staples I have to do that actually make me feel like my best and just like get all of the fluff that we don't actually really need right so for me it's the hot girl walk slash empower girl <laughs> walk whatever you want to call it the walk the morning walk the morning walk <laughs> the morning walk <laughs> that is an essential it's like meditative for me i'll either listen to a podcast or music or not listen to anything whatever my mind's like feeling in the moment i'll do it and just being outside it's just so so good in the morning and then um another thing is also taking supplements too what are your favorite supplements by the way
4: so I'm a big seed gal. I use
3: seed. Love it's my seed. pre and
4: probiotic. And then I do AG1 athletic greens. That was like my big one through the pandemic. I was probably having it like every single day. And then um, I became a seed partner. So I'm kind of like switching between the two. And then I just got um this is like a hair growth supplement that I'm like really <laughs> obsessed with because I feel like since I'm getting older, my hair is fucking thinning. And I'm like, I'm trying to get married next year. This this is not okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking um JS Health, I think it's called. It's like this hair growth supplement that I'm really hoping works, but one of my like favorite influencers that I follow posted about it. So fingers crossed.
3: <laughs> Hashtag I <love> ad. <laughs> I love it. I'm a huge AG1 fan too. I have like their little packets that you can pour in your water when you travel. It's yes. they're so good. The a little plug best. there, a little yeah. unsponsored plug. But um, yeah, I feel like supplements make a huge difference. Have you ever tried Ritual for vitamins? I haven't. I I've gotten, see everyone
4: posting about it.
3: I've gotten hooked on them. I love them. That's, yes. It's like seed and Ritual for me are my two favorites. But yeah, besides supplements, I'm trying to think what else. I also journal and do like a devotion or read a meditation it. sort of book or just something that makes yes. me think. Yes. And then I'll also plan out my day and my planner so I don't feel so chaotic and anxious all day long. Where do you <laughs> teach in Miami? Tell me all the things. So I taught at Pure Bar and I did that during college, a little bit after college too. And then I teach, have you heard of Jets at Miami? Yes. So I taught their group classes up until like, I'm trying to think, up until like December-ish. And then I do privates there whenever I'm in town. Right now, I just do my on, my online studio and I'm thinking in New York City, I want to do more in-person stuff because I just freaking miss teaching in-person classes so much. So it's kind of, I'm trying to think if I want to like maybe do Equinox or SLT or just do more of my own events, I'm not sure. So, okay, let's like go back because I, I know you taught so many studios in LA. <laughs> like how, tell me from the get-go, what actually, so like what studios do you teach at and then what is your current technique of classes that you do now?
4: Yeah. So I started out at pure bar as well. Twinsies. Um, (laughs) I'll always have a very special place in my heart for pure bar. I taught at pure bar for several years while I was pursuing dance in LA. And it was like the perfect format for me to dive into because so much of the technique is, Paralleled to what we learned growing up in ballet class. So it was very natural for me to teach those classes. Musicality was so fun. The energy was so fun. Um, And it was actually incredibly effective, as I'm sure you know. Um, So around 27, I kind of wiped my hands clean of Pure Bar, my dance career, all the things. And I shifted into a corporate um, fashion role at Forever 21. That was very short. I did not love it. And I really missed teaching. So I would say when I quit that job after eight months and kind of dove back into fitness, I knew that I wanted to start my own method, but knew that I really had to climb the ladder to kind of get A, the exposure, B, the like confidence to do it. You know, Pure Bar is just, it's Pure Bar, it's very choreographed. You don't have a lot of freedom. I was already pushing a lot of limits my last year teaching there, kind of doing not my own thing per se, but within my own thing within the Pure Bar you know, realm, if you will. Um, and you know, it was fine. Cause I happened to be really good at it so I could get away with it. But moral of the story is I just needed to get a little more educated. So I went into fitness full time at that time. I went and taught for Equinox. I did a lot of their different bar formats. I also was able to teach some of my own methods there as well. Um, went to New York to teach with them, taught sweat sessions. It was so fun. So Equinox, I taught at Bandier when it opened up in LA, I taught at a company called health house. Um, they opened right before the pandemic, super fun strength training, rowing, um, took my first jab at rowing and it was amazing. Um, what else did I teach? Oh, I taught at Aloe Yoga in Los Angeles, um, the Grove and the Palisades. So kind of taught all over, but, um, I will say like, you know. I'm so grateful for my time in studio because while it led me to extreme burnout, it taught me so damn much. And I always get that question from aspiring fitness instructors, like, You know, how can I, what kind of trainings do I need to go through? What do I need to do in order to, you know, be on your trajectory or create my own method? And my answer is really like, get your ass into the studios, you know, like there, you could do any type of personal training, online certification, you could do a bar certification online, but until you're really in the studio and, you know, working one-on-one with clients, you just don't you just don't know quite how impactful it is and how much you can learn and how many things you can take away. So, um, yeah, I had about eight years, seven, eight years in studio and, um, grinding my ass off before the pandemic, like teaching 20 classes a week. It was fucking insane. I can't even believe I did that.
3: Yeah. How my jaw literally dropped. I, I don't, I don't know how you did that. Yeah. It was a lot, but
4: again, like I learned so, 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 so much. And I feel like that's why I kind of have, I guess the blind confidence that I have when I'm teaching and why I'm able to have so many different formats to your question um, within sweat sessions and on my app. So I teach strength, I teach bar, dance, cardio, um, sculpt, which is kind of like a fusion between bar and like a hit class, I would say. Um, so yeah, I kind of teach everything and just have fun, you know, playing with different formats and with my own techniques and, um, yeah, making it, making it something that is really fun is super important to me. Cause there's just, you know, you can go into any fitness class and move to, you know, get a six pack or tighten your ass or whatever, but, um, I find for me that when I really am sticking to something, when I'm really consistent, it's because I love the instructor. It's because I love the way that I feel afterwards. And so returning to that feeling is, is always um, important. And that's why I like to make it fun and keep it. At Parker,
0: our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I see.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I completely get that. It's like, if people always ask me, like, I think my number one question I get is, how do you stay motivated? And it's literally remembering what the feeling is that you get when you actually do the workout. And if you do a workout and you feel terrible afterwards, or you feel so just overly drained to a point where your body's actually in like bad pain, Mm -hmm. then that's not going to motivate you. But for me, like I'm a huge Pilates girl. I freaking love like reformer Pilates is like my shit. I love it. So when I do reformer, I leave that room and I'm like, whoa my body feels so tired but so good like we're craving this even matt pilates which is what i primarily teach too it's the same feeling and it's like that's what motivates me so you got to find that thing you like and that you vibe with because every person's different some people like hit classes some people like bar classes other people are more into yoga and there's no right answer there
4: totally it's all about finding just what makes you feel like the most alive in the moment and the best after class i think that so many people like you know, for so long in the industry, it was so focused on all of these super gimmicky programs and things to make you look a certain way. And one of the things that really motivated me to start sweat sessions was that I didn't want to fit into that box. I never moved my body because I was trying to look a certain way. Once I got into like teaching and really helping people on their fitness journey, you know, in college, of course, like I had no confidence in college. I did not, you know, try at all. I was just like, oh, I'm like a college girl going out and partying every day, whatever. And I'd go to the gym <laughs> just because I thought that I had to to like keep up with everyone, but never really found what worked for me. And you know, starting sweat sessions, it was just really like, what can I do to like make people have fun and like deeply love themselves? Like it's not gonna happen after one class. It might not even have happen after three, but it's like finding that discipline and creating that structure to you know, have the space for your clients to be able to show up as they are and really find themselves throughout, you know, the journey
3: of it all. Yeah. On the days when you're not feeling motivated, how do you stay disciplined?
4: The feeling, you know, just kind of remembering that like I can either lay in bed for an extra hour and a half, or I can get my booty up and do my meditation and journal or go on my walk or move my body And that hour and a half is the difference between me having like an inspiring, more uplifted, more organized day and me kind of feeling all over the fucking place. And it's just, you have to return to like, what do you want your day to look like? How do you want to feel? Um, What do you want to create? And your micro actions throughout, you know, your morning or, you know, the first half of your day kind of dictate that. And I, in my twenties, especially like I did not have this drive. I did not have, I had the drive. Like I wanted to be a professional dancer and I was going to auditions, but again, I was not super confident and I didn't have a great self-esteem. So I woke up a lot of mornings without purpose, which led me to stay in bed longer, feel depressed, have anxiety. And then by the end of my day, it was like, I wanted to make something of myself in my life, but I didn't have the energy to do it. Cause I wasn't doing anything for myself to get me there. And so now I just kind of look at like, what is the biggest difference, I guess, between where I'm at now and where I was then. And it's really just prioritizing myself. So to answer your question, like on days when I'm not motivated, I just have to remember that, you know, that, that moment you have to choose kind of what's, what's not sexy or like, what's (laughs) not, you know, what's, what's not going to like, Keep you in that like kind of not feeling good space, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Of I course. definitely definitely resonate with the whole the dancer side of things. I used to figure skate for my whole life, so that's oh, actually no. what got me into pure bar in the first place. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's on those. It's like you're doing all these workouts and everything for just such a different reason, and it's sometimes so easy to get depressed and feel like you don't have a purpose because it's just a very, very, very sometimes toxic environment and Absolutely. a lot of high pressure stuff. I want to actually talk more about dance dancing. Cause I know I have yeah. a lot of people who listen to her dancers. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> what got you to start dancing in the first place? My mom was just like
4: putting me in classes at three years old. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. Oh <laughs> my gosh.
1: <laughs> it's just so wow. funny
4: though. Cause like my mom put both, my parents never like pushed anything on us. Like they were like, you know, you're going to try everything. We're going to see what sticks. Um, if you don't like it, we can reroute, but you know, they did have like a rule. You had, we had to be involved in extracurricular activities or have hobbies outside of obviously school and our social lives. Um, and so like my sister and I both were in dance class growing up. She kind of went more of the sporty route, like played a lot of sports in middle school, high school, because it got to a point where like, we'd be going to class and she'd be screaming. And my mom was like, okay, like, this is not worth it. You don't have to do it. And where I'd be like, okay, like I'm going to go to ballet class now and like pull my tights up over my leotard and love it. <laughs> you know, like I just loved the culture of it. Um, but yeah, I, I always just stuck with it. And um I guess in, I guess you could say around like my teens and into middle school, I just, I started to feel passionate about it. My parents started to see a big difference in the way that I was performing. And I certainly had moments, especially when going into high school, if I was like, do I want to continue down this path? Do I want to do soccer? Like, do I want to play sports? What do I want to do? And then I, you know, went on to like do the dance team for my high school and choreographer and all that stuff and continue to take classes at my studio and perform um, on the side. But um, I just, you know, started to notice that I was actually really good at it and I and I really loved it and it really allowed me to express myself in a way that, I never kind of knew how. I mean, when you're in high school like what does expressing yourself mean unless if you're a creative and you're like acting and your parents kind of are teaching you that like what does that actually mean? And I just knew that it was a feeling that I really loved. Um and then I went on to dance in college at the University of Arizona and was a dance major there. Um and then just always knew that I wanted to go to LA and try to pursue it professionally. Um but yeah, you know, it's just Sometimes I have moments where I'm like, I wish I would have gone more of like the company route out of college because the second that I moved to LA, I really lost my passion for it. You know, like I'd go to classes and I'd feel really good in class, but then the second that I'd show up to an audition, I would just not perform at my best at all. Like I would just fucking crash and burn. I'd get so nervous. I would compare myself to everyone else in the audition room I would get so fixi- fixated on the end result, how it would sound, telling everyone that I just booked something for Rihanna, or that I just booked this movie, or whatever, and how everyone would, you know, feel about that. Instead of really focusing on like being present and doing it because I loved it, it was just all of these like dangling like you know things over your head, and I was just so focused on that, um, and all of the kind of bullshit in between in the industry that I just couldn't show up. Um, as my best self in it, which ultimately led me to making the choice to kind of leave it behind. One of my good friends always told me though, when I was in that transition, like I'd always be like, well, I'm not a dancer anymore. Like I'm working corporate fashion or like, I'm not a dancer anymore. Like I want to be an influencer a blogger. And he's like, dude, like you're always a dancer. Like you literally dance through your life. Like every single day you're like moving and grooving, never not moving, always dancing. Like you're a fucking dancer. That's another reason why I wanted to start sweat sessions and have a dance cardio based method because I just want people to feel like they can express themselves. And you can totally do that even through an athletic style workout.
3: Yeah. Wow. I cannot even tell you how much I resonate with that story. Like that. So for me, when I skated, I my whole and goal was to go to the Olympics. Like that's all I ever fixated on. And I would perform so well in practice. I was that hardest working kid on the ice. Like I was I lived and breathed ice. Like it was all I ever did. Wow. And I would like go to school late. I'd leave school early. I'd skate constantly. And then I'd get to claim competitions and I would crash and burn. And I would end up at the bottom of the ranking with a very, very small score that I knew I could, I knew was just super, super not what I was capable of. And it was something that actually led me to end up burning out of the sport. And I quit. I literally couldn't do it. Once I got to high school was too much. And like, yeah, so I completely resonate with that. And it's one of those things where it's like when you are going through a journey, it's like, don't focus so much on point B, focus on what's in between point A and B. Mm -hmm. And That's the part that you soak in. Yes. So, okay. So my next question for you is now that you have your own business, do you ever feel like any of your dancing insecurities ever comes into your business now? Anything? Honestly, no. Like it's wild.
4: Um, sometimes I actually like pinch myself and I'm like, how do I have this? Just like, Innate confidence or like knowing trust in what I'm doing. It's wild. And I think the only thing that I can align that feeling to is just being totally aligned with what my purpose is. I mean, obviously, obviously, entrepreneurial, you know, life is not easy. It's fucking hard. A lot of the times I, a lot of the time I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I have moments, of course, we're human. So like anyone, we'll have our moments of self-doubt in the moment and then we kind of work through it. But I really just think that like dance wasn't meant for me um, in the way that I was pursuing it. Because if it was, I would have been able to like fully be myself in it, you know, and that that career path that I was trying so hard to work towards, it was like, I was working against the grain a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. you know, working against that grain is what ultimately led me to where I am now. So I just feel like, well, of course, with anything, we're going to have our moments of self-doubt, but I, I really feel unstoppable when it comes to my career and what I do. Um, you know, social media, that's another thing comparing yourself on social media and, um, showing up on there. It's just, it's a fucking battle for sure, but you have to really, again, return to your daily practices and kind of just put on blinders when it comes to that. And it's something I'm working on, but when it comes to my brand fitness, teaching events, like all the things that I'm launching, I really don't I don't know. I just don't feel the way that I used to. So it's, it's refreshing for me. <laughs>
3: that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I'm so proud of you. That's such a good oh, feeling you. when you actually overcome, especially because you have struggled with that in the past of lacking confidence and comparison and like overcoming that. It's such a great feeling. You're like, wow, I freaking did this. Like, look yeah. at me.
4: Obviously, I mean, social media, and I'm sure, you know, I would love to hear like your kind of take on it too, since we do the same thing, but it's like, when I in the moments when I'm scrolling and I'm like, you know, finding other fitness accounts and seeing what this person is doing and seeing what that person is doing, like it is designed to make you have to show up more. So it is very easy to fall into this comparison game. Well, I see this person have numbers, these views are here. This person has this many followers. I need to like continue to amp up my game in order to get that. But when you really, when I can like remove myself from those just like icky feelings, um, you know, it just reminds me that like, I actually have a business that I can live fully off of, both from my partner and I, and ultimately social media doesn't have anything to do with that. So I can confidently continue to build my brand, um, expand to other platforms, of course, in the hopes of reaching new audiences, but I don't need to fucking compare myself to Sally or Cindy over there because I have a business with or without social media, um, which is fucking wild to say. Like, I mean, it obviously helped me get to where I am, but um, I can continue to grow it without having to rely just on social. So I'm able sometimes to really take myself out of that comparison game. But it is hard. It is hard. You see the big numbers and you want to keep going and you want to yeah. keep growing Um, but ultimately, you know, those numbers do not define us. They do not define how we feel. They do not define the success that we can have, um, and whatever it is that we choose to do. So.
3: Yeah. And I was, that's really, really, I have like a million questions I could honestly ask you. I'm um,
4: here. I'm all
3: yours, uh, baby. (laughs) Literally. Okay. So I feel like Aubrey, I feel like you're almost like it's it's like this is gonna be so weird to say or like here but i feel like you're literally my you're always like three steps ahead of me in because i'm not even joking it's like the way the way that you will like left pure bar and then you started your business it's so funny because i found you and i was like whoa This girl is doing. We're on such similar paths, and we struggle with such similar things. It's the weirdest thing, and I literally like you're like a couple years older than me, and I seriously look up to you so much. You're like it's almost like an older sister kind of thing. It's so (laughs) weird. I feel like so weird saying that. I'm like I literally know you. I don't actually know you, but it's so (laughs) funny because I'm just like whoa. Like I'm literally like I feel this, but I was love that. For me, like my business right now is very split between my studio and my brand deals, and it's really hard for me because I struggle a lot with social media comparison just because part of my income does still rely on the brand partnerships, how my social media is performing, and it definitely adds a pressure and makes it not quite as fun because that, and when that happens, you feel like you're putting a lot of Pressure on yourself, which actually suffocates that creativity and that love for just showing up for your community. So Mm -hmm. it's something I've been working on a lot recently. And I was going to ask you, like, do you have any tips for how to, like, I know you said that you remove yourself and you put on those like blinders, but how do you actually make that happen?
4: Focus on the things that are going to fucking make me money. (laughs) And that is sweat (laughs) sessions, that is filming workouts, that is designing merch, that is, Um, you know, like launching passion projects like walk club and my podcast this summer, like those won't bring me money, you know, tomorrow, but they are passion projects that I can show up to and feel excited about outside of social media that actually give me a sense of purpose. And I think that with social media, and I want to say this just so, you know, and you remind yourself of this. As influencers, we are all experiencing the same exact thing. Um, You and I are in a very unique position because we are still more micro in a sense. Um, And the benefit to that, and I'm sure you know this, is that we have a very incredible engaged following and community community. Um, and that is what brands really look for. So I just want to encourage you for a moment because I mean, some days my views are so shit The next day I can wake up and have 11,000 plus views on my stories. And it comes out of nowhere. And it's like, and I say the numbers because I want anyone listening to this too, who is an influencer down our path to fucking know, we don't talk about this enough. And our world is changing into an influencer run world. In a sense, everyone wants to be an influencer and brands are not going to stop working with you based off of, you know, a week of low numbers. They're going to want to work with you because of who you are and the community that you have and the message that you, um, you know, that comes through your content, which ultimately leads to who you are. So I just want to remind you of that too. Like That's another reason why it is really important to put your blinders on and just stay in this mode of creating because it feels good. Um, And also aligning yourself with brands that you really do love. I used to take on tons of partnerships just to make money. And I got to a point in the last two years where I was like, I'm done. Even if, you know, even if I'm not making as much per month, I need to have more space to be able to create for the brands that I, for, for my own brand that I love And to really put my focus on creating quality content for brands that I do want to work for. Um, And so that's when I got my FP movement long-term contract. That's when I started working with more long-term. And it's almost that idea of manifesting, right? Like you create more space in your life for the things that you want. You let go of the shit that is getting in your way and not making you feel good. And it creates more aligned work for you. Um, because you put out the signs you put out like, this is what I want. So I don't know if that made sense, but I just wanted to put it out there for you or any other influencers listening to this. Like it, you know, the growth of being an influencer is not fucking linear. One day I'll gain hundreds of followers. The next day I'll lose thousands. And it just, you have to, you have to remove yourself from the numbers and just stay focused on what your message is, who you're serving and really how you're feeling, um, showing up.
3: Yeah. And it's all about, also that was like really helpful and definitely makes a big difference when you, like when you don't gatekeep, I think that gatekeeping, especially in the influencer community is so big and it's really refreshing to actually hear numbers from someone else. So thank you for that. And I was going to also say it's like, one of those things where you can only control yourself, you can't control what's around you. And even though it's your platform, it's your community of followers, those numbers are not yours and you do not control those numbers. You can only control what you're posting, the quality of what you're posting, the messages. And I'm like saying this literally to myself and to other people. Cause oh, for sure. it's like a very sight. it's a very mentally, mentally challenging thing. and. That's why sometimes when people make fun of content creators in general, I'm like, you guys don't really get it if you actually did this job. I mean, I worked in a full I worked a full time public relations job and this job as a full time content creator and entrepreneur is the hardest job that I have possibly it surpasses my other job by like milestones in terms of mental fatigue because it's freaking hard and it takes a certain person to do it. It So. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And I was going to ask you so, in terms of your actual business on days that are tough, how do you keep pushing through and showing up for your community? I show myself grace. And I wanted to mention that before,
4: too. Obviously, when you were like, what do you do on days and you don't feel motivated? Like, it's a balance, right? It's an ebb and a flow. And there are always going to be moments where we don't feel our best or where we're unmotivated or we're having a mental health day. We're like on the verge of a breakdown. Maybe we've already had three. And, um, I think it's really just honoring like where you are at and letting yourself sit in that space a little bit, you know, while showing up for my community is so important. And during the pandemic, I put a lot more pressure on myself to show up. You know, I was, kind of thrown into being an entrepreneur, thrown into hosting challenges for the first time, Zoom classes, like becoming a producer, working with technology, like hosting all this shit and showing up for everyone online in my community, which at the time, you know, I had hundreds of people showing up to my Zoom classes. I had thousands of people showing up for my challenges because everyone was at home. So I was like, oh my God, I have to be there to curate this whole thing and show up to every Zoom, blah, 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 blah. And ultimately, I burned out <laughs> even working from home, even, you know, having more time on my hands, I still burnt out. And so I had to do a lot of readjusting because just like anything, learning how to run my own business in the last two years, it's a learning curve. And so I caught on quickly that, while well, yes, I need to show up for my community. Yes. It's important. I continue to show up on social media. Yes. When I teach a zoom class or I'm filming on-demand workouts, I want to make it feel as much as I can as an IRL experience. So I give it my all, but it is not my job to show up for everyone. And I am, um, you know, very, very, I'm very, very, like, what's the word I'm looking for. I'm very, very in the know of when I'm giving like too much and sacrificing how I feel to show up for everyone on Instagram or my community, like, I think that everyone knows that like what we do takes a lot. And, um, I think that they give us grace or give me grace when I'm not in the mood to respond to DMS for a few days, or I take two weeks off of Instagram or (laughs) show up at the beginning of my zoom and say, I'm feeling like shit and I'm crying, but like, let's get through this class. Um, I think more than anything, my community has kind of just from the way that we started doing challenges and stuff, they've just kind of like learned to also rely on this like collective energy. And while they look at me as like their fearless leader, it's like, there's also so many other women in the community that they connect with and they keep in touch with and talk to, and they still, you know, chat with their accountability groups from the challenges and all the things. So I, to answer your question, don't really take on the weight of, um, you know, the days when I'm feeling off and feeling like I can't show up for everyone. You know what, we're human and we're not going to be able to show up for everyone every single day. And if you are like, I honestly wonder, are you even taking care of yourself? Um, and if you're not, none of my fucking business, I don't really care, but that's not for me. Um, I can't run on zero anymore. I have to be able to refill my cup and take a few days here and there. So Yeah. It just is what it is. And I feel like everyone is very, um, gracious with, um, holding space for me in those moments.
3: And honestly, I think if anything, it helps more people when you show what's really going on behind the scenes for sure. And when you really open up at the beginning of class and say, I feel like shit. (laughs) <laughs> one time I had, I don't know if I was like super hungover or I was like actually sick. I have no idea. But I had to, <laughs> I had a, probably a combination. But I, <laughs> but I had actually cut a class short one time. I was like about to throw up. I was like, guys, I can't. I have to stop. I have a migraine right now.
4: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I have a story I have to tell you.
3: Okay. Tell. This is a story
4: that I've never shared anywhere ever. And you're going to hear it first. (laughs) And the only reason why I'm sharing this is because you can relate to it because you're a pure bar instructor or you were. Okay. This story is like, I'm literally blushing and getting so awkward, but fuck it. I'm just going to share it anyway. I have
3: so many I can share with you. so
4: (laughs) So I'm teaching at pure bar Marina Del Rey and, um, it's a Friday morning class. I had, I think I taught like two or three classes on Friday mornings. They were all completely sold out. I taught like the six, seven and like nine fifteen or something. And I got into this. Is so I cannot believe I'm showing this for like a good few months because I was like, so on schedule with just like my teaching, my eating, I was very like ritualistic at the time, with just like my routines and what I was eating and the time that I had, because I was teaching 24 seven. Um, my poop schedule was like really spot on one day though. And this is like, I know this is so fucked up. So I would have to go to the bathroom number two every single day between my six and seven o'clock class. Like the second that we were done with stretch and the lights went back on, I would like wave to people, like kind of be awkward and just like go to the bathroom because I had another class to teach and I had this fear of like having to poop my pants while I was teaching. So (laughs) I know, I'm sorry.
3: No, I I get it. I get it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm teaching a six o'clock class. It is 6 a.m. It's totally packed and that morning my my stomach started like rumbling really badly like during the um like the ab work okay we're on series three and I'm like I'm not gonna fucking make it through the end of this class like Like,
3: 10 to 15 more minutes left yeah
4: so we get into back dancing all the lights are off and I (laughs) take my ass to the fucking bathroom turn off the mic and poop (laughs) While class is still going on, I'm like literally so sick. And I pop back on the mic and I'm like, all right, you guys, we're in the home stretch, 30 seconds, check it side to side, go right, go left. Mic goes off, and I'm just like fixing myself in the bathroom and I like run back out within like 30 seconds finished my shit and then continued to lead them through stretch and I was fucking mortified
3: I have had. This- I actually
4: can't believe I shared that but yeah I took a shit during back dancing
3: Aubrey <laughs> You don't understand. <laughs> I had the same thing happen. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but this time it was in reformer Pilates, where it doesn't, oh get, dark. Oh it doesn't
4: get dark. Oh god! Oh
3: dark. I had to literally. So my my time was between like nine nine and ten, and I was subbing. I was subbing <laughs> a class. That was my first mistake, and I literally was teaching the class. I think it was like halfway through or something, and my stomach grumbled, and I was like no and i was like okay like we're gonna keep walking around but like walking around makes it worse <laughs> and so, the fear
4: you start sweating oh gosh, and getting anxiety, so
3: uncomfortable the anxiety the and then when you have to like demo move and you're like oh my gosh so <laughs> i literally and okay this is the thing the way the studio is set up it's kind of weird it's set up in an office building so the bathroom was like a communal bathroom for the whole floor so it wasn't like connected to the studio like pure bar conveniently is sometimes right. Yeah. Well, it was like a full, like, couple minutes strolled against the bathroom. And I was like, you know what? You know, I don't know. I can't, I can't do this. Like, I I literally can't do this. So, what I did is I was like, guys, we are back. I sprint. I literally sprint sprint down this hallway, I'm like in full panic mode. And like, I I think that was like the fastest shit I've ever taken in my entire life. I sprint back, I'm like, okay guys, and five, and four. And I'm like, I literally am so unwell. Yeah, so if anyone, anyone who um doesn't know when you're a fitness instructor, I feel like the struggle is actually so common because it's those morning classes. The morning classes are dangerous. Yes. Like, And like, you're stuck, you're stuck for an entire hour. Like you, and people are looking at you all the time.
4: Oh, I mean, I can only imagine that we're not the only two people have dealt with this. Like (laughs) we know everybody poops, but like you guys, when you're a fitness instructor and you have to go, like you have no fucking choice. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I just am like, I don't know what I would do if like, I (laughs) my pants in front of everyone.
3: <laughs> oh, I know, and it's like if you have those, like if you teach four classes in a row, like that's four hours. Like you yeah. have to be able to take a break, and sometimes you can't. If there's a new client, you have to teach the client, like show the client how. It's the whole thing. Oh so, my god,
4: I'm so happy that we opened about opened up about yes. this like poop chat and poop oh <laughs>
3: poop chat hangover when you're teaching. Oh my gosh, like I yeah. literally can't. I have. I was hungover. I have a pure boy story. I think you're gonna appreciate. It. So okay. I don't know if you ever had like special exciting days where you'd bring in the strobe light light things. So no. We'd... Okay, well, that might just be a Miami thing because when it was ultra Miami season, when the music festival would roll in, we would have Ultra Miami Day at the studio, and we would bring in strobe lights. So we turn off all the lights, the entire class was strobe lights, which okay oh in theory. Cool, fun stuff, like soul cycle vibes, whatever. And one on this fun day, I decided I was going to sub people's classes, and I had five classes to teach for Pure Bar, which is a lot for Pure Bar. Yeah. I decided my genius college self was like, <laughs> I'm going to go out the night before. So I was so hungover. And on top of it, I roll into Pure Bar, and it is ultra Miami themed day. So for five hours, it was strobe lights. I had a raging hangover headache. (laughs) I like thought I was going to die. I thought that was my living hell. So that was, that was the worst of it for pure bar for me. that was like, I got through that. I can get through literally anything. I legit have anxiety just thinking about that.
4: I mean, when I taught pure bar back, like when I first started and I was living in Los Angeles, I was teaching at pure bar Beverly Hills. And I was like, 24, 20, I, yeah, I think I started teaching at 24 and then taught like through, you know, for the next two years or whatever, but those were like my party LA days. So I totally relate to like going out the night before, getting super slammed, showing up to class the next day. And like, I cannot even imagine trying to do it with strobe lights. (laughs) That's mortifying. It was
3: horrible. (laughs) And honestly, honestly, I teach all my like Zoom live classes on Saturdays or Sundays now. So it's made me a grandma because I just cannot, I cannot even fathom being hungover teaching a class. Like it happened once and it will... Never happen again. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's not worth it. I mean, even if we're not like, even if we're not teaching a class, or I'm not teaching, it's like my social life has literally gone down by like 98% since the before the pandemic because like I I can't hang anymore. I, I try to go out and like have a day or have a few drinks. And the next morning, I just I literally cannot with myself. And I'm like. My hangovers last two days, so if I'm hungover on Sunday, I'm gonna show up to my work on Monday to my at-home studio and still be <laughs> feeling like shit. And I'm like, I can't do it. It's not worth it anymore. So I barely even go out anymore. I feel you yeah, on
3: that. Yeah, I just recently, I actually recently decided to just not drink anymore. I don't know when I like. I'll eventually drink again, but for right. now, I'm just I can't like it's just not worth it to me. And it also, I feel like I was, for the past few months, I've been struggling a lot with anxiety and I started taking an anxiety medication. I've never told my um, podcast community, so there you go. <laughs> but- um ability share. Yeah, but I started taking one, honestly, I don't feel like that big of a difference from it, but it's definitely like drinking for me made, one, the medication made my hangovers worse. And also I felt like just the aftermath of drinking just Completely wrecked my mood the next day. Brain fog galore. I wasn't able to just, I, it was like making me not be able to show up for myself on social media even, or for myself or for my friends. And I was like, I can't, I just yeah. need to like do this for myself. And that guys, is just an example of giving yourself grace and doing yeah. what will make you feel like the best version of you. I love that. It is really hard. I mean, I live in
4: Chicago and this is such a big drinking city. I feel like everyone is so social. They live for the spring and summer when they can like be out, sit outside on the patios and just like drink. Um, and you know, I've had to like come here and not have, I haven't had like a lot of friends, you know, like a big social circle. Like I had in LA, obviously I have a few good friends here, but it's just that, like, I felt like the days where I would go out I would overcompensate because I wouldn't like know a lot of people and I'd be with Brendan and his friends or whatever. And there was just like not a lot else to do. Um, and after last summer, I had like one really drunken day last summer and I was like, I'm done. Like my best friend was visiting me from out of town, all my girlfriends and I got into fights my best friend who came in town, we were fighting. I was like, I'm fucking done. Like I cannot drink like this anymore. So even though like the kind of like culture of Chicago, I feel like is to kind of go out, do the food scene, do the outdoor patio scene in the summertime. I'm like, "Mm, maybe like once here and there and like a couple drinks, but really trying to like honor that for myself too. But it's hard. It's like, I like to have fun still. I'm not like a total grandma, but you know, finding balance with it has been really important to me too
3: what are so i'm actually so curious because i'm moving to new york like i said in like any time now i'm really excited i'm a little bit nervous though just because miami while it is a huge party scene here you can at least go to the beach or whatever if you want to do anything else but new york is also so party heavy what are some things you do when you want to be social but you don't necessarily want to go drink
4: Honestly, still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, It's kind of hard. It is hard. I mean, I, and, and it's, I feel like my life really reflects just like where, like my social scene right now, or like how I show up socially just really reflects like where I'm at in my life. Like I'm 33. I am now a fiance. We're planning a wedding. Congrats. We're running a business. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, Brendan just came on full-time with me. Like I'm really focused on my work. And so like for me, when I don't go out or, you know, like kind of just stay in, I always have something to do and I really look forward to doing it. Um, but like a few activities that some of my girlfriends and I will do in the city or like Brendan and I will go do is like, we'll, Um, go play tennis, or we'll go on a long bike ride up Lake shore. Um, Maybe we'll stop just like here and there, like at a cute place to grab like a glass of Rose, but then like keep riding our bikes. Or for me, like I'm a huge shopper. So I genuinely find it fun to just go walk around, put in music in my headphones and like, shop and like not have to buy anything, but just, I feel inspired like doing that. It's weird. <laughs> um, you know, picnics are super fun. Um, I'm about to get a new pair of blades, which I'm really excited about. So yeah.
3: <laughs> so fun. I have a pair in my car and I have used them like once and I need to get back into it. The so best. It's
4: I so feel fun. like another really fun thing too, though, is like dinner parties. Brendan and I want to start hosting a lot more at our new place. Um, once we kind of like just get through the next couple months of this transition of him coming on to work with us, but he Mm -hmm. is an incredible chef and I want to just host more and like play like games and have like dinner parties and enjoy a glass, you know, enjoy a good bottle of wine with amazing food and just like play board
3: games. (laughs)
4: <laughs> that's where i'm at in my life ladies and gentlemen
3: i love that that sounds so fun it is in- inspiration yes. that'll be my new social life guys come <laughs> play board games with me on a friday night
4: literally some, some bingo anyone mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like already like i'm like going to the country club to play bingo on sundays i'm like let's go rally up the troops Got <laughs> <Grab> my walker <laughs>
3: I'll teach you guys some bar while we're at it, too. Yeah, maybe some water
4: aerobics.
3: (laughs) I'm sad. Some dance sculpt in the water. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. I have two quick questions for you, and then I'll let you go. But um, my quick question for you is for anyone who is struggling with their purpose. I know we touched on that really quickly at the beginning. And there, maybe they just graduated from college or they just quit a job or just decided to completely shift career paths, what are some tips you have for finding your purpose? Just lean
4: into the things that make you feel good. Um, because so much of what our purpose is, is ultimately a part of like the things that we love and that light us up. And I think that it really just comes down to like, do, you know, do you have the, um, my friend Danielle used this word and I love it. Do you have the audacity to really lean into the things that you love and create something amazing out of it, a career, a life for yourself? Um, but it's really finding like that courage and again, that discipline to do so. Um, but I think that like, you know, anytime I was out of transition in my twenties, cause I did a lot, like even when I was dancing and teaching pure bar, I worked at people. I did like their displays and visual merchandising and I worked at a restaurant and then I went to corporate fashion to do visual merchandising. Like I was all over the place and I leaned into all of those side jobs because it was what felt good. Like it wasn't just for me to make money. You know, I, I like my parents would always be like, if you're making, you know, if you're dancing on the side, like why don't you get into, you know, why don't you find a side job that's actually going to bring you in a lot of money? Like we can't imagine that free people's paying you that much or we can't imagine that you're making, much for your classes, which is true. I was making like $28 a fucking class at that time in my life, um, which is just insane to me, but that's a whole nother subject in a whole nother episode. Or
3: like the eight pages you have to memorize.
4: That's just, (sighs) I can't even barf. Um, But, (laughs) you know, I took all these side jobs because they filled me up and they made me happy and they fueled a side of my creativity that um, felt really good. And at the time, I mean, I asked myself a million times, probably every day when I woke up, like, when will it all all make sense? When will it all feel cohesive? When will I be doing something that is bringing me money and something that I like hopefully love? You know, I don't want to settle. And, you know, like each and every day, just waking up, leaning in, leaning in, leaning in. And one day you wake up and you are there like I am here. Um, And so I just think for anyone who's having a harder time navigating maybe a transition in life or wanting to go after something, but too afraid, you don't know where to start. You don't know even what you like. Well, sit down, get a little like, you know, introverted with yourself and journal about it, meditate on it, pray about it, whatever it is that you believe in, you know, talk out loud about the things that you want, tell your friends, you know, start to really like get into your heart. Like, what is it that will make me happy? And then day by day, step by step, start walking towards it and start doing it, putting it into action and doing it. And one day it will all, it will be something because it's just like, you know, law of attraction, right? Like if you are putting out the things that you ultimately want and that you love, like there's no way you're going to fucking fail. Like there will be one thing that, you know, if it doesn't work out the way that you envision it, You will ultimately learn a lesson, readjust and keep moving. Um, But when you're just blindly walking through it and you don't know, you really have to find it. So get playful, get adventurous, like put yourself out there and it will come to you.
3: Yeah. And truly, I think the biggest thing is really just trusting that everything is going to work out. I mean, like not to be morbid, but we all end up in the same place and I always remind myself okay, if I'm on my deathbed and looking back on my life, what would I be wanting and hoping that me right now would be doing? So it's instead of thinking so much about, oh, my gosh, like going back to like the whole point A to point B, being so hyper focused on getting to point B, but being focused on, okay, I have my big goal, but what are the small steps I can take? Because those small steps are so doable. And before, you know, like you said, you're going to get there and then you're going to have a point C you're focusing on like life is just like that. It keeps going and new doors keep opening doors shut for reasons. And like everything makes sense eventually. So for sure. It's really good advice. And I guess my very, very final question for you is I know that you are literally the queen of this. You are so, so amazing at promoting having confidence in your body. What are just a few quick tips that my listeners can take away for summer season when we're in our bikinis and sometimes feeling insecure? Yeah, I love that. I just posted about this on my stories
4: yesterday. Um, I think that summer body is a mindset. I don't think that it is something that we have to strive to get. I think that it is fully believing and like loving your body, your capabilities and how you're like showing up. And I think that it's really just how you feel about yourself. So, you know, if you are putting on a bikini this summer, you're at the beach, like really take a second to be like, I like gratitude for your body. Like, I know it sounds really silly, but when you focus on gratitude, every like little self doubt or just like icky thought kind of starts to feel super insignificant comparison, whatever it is. So like when you're like looking in the mirror, you're in a bikini, be like, damn, like I have a body that shows up for me every single day. I have like a heart that shows so much kindness and compassion for other people. I have so much to give. Like I have so much love in me. Like that's all that matters. And like when you can return to gratitude and be grateful for, you know, how you show up and the way that you, um, love and the kindness that you give and all of the things it's like, Who the fuck cares what I look like? Like, who the if if someone's gonna judge you, fuck them. Like, that's more of a reflection on them than it is on you. So, you know, self love is super tricky. It's super hard, but it doesn't have to be. Like, I feel like we, you know, overanalyze, we look too much into it. Like, it's simple show up with gratitude, like, tell yourself that, like, you fucking love yourself. And then remember that, like, what you have to give on the inside is so much more important than what is showing on the outside. And I think too, like, you know, more of like a tangible thing that you can do to kind of like rid yourself of the comparison or, you know, the icky toxic, you know, programs out there, like fitness programs, promoting summer body or summer bodies are made in spring. I know that was a big pure bar thing back in the day. Um, you know, like boundaries, Fucking boundaries. If there's an account out there, that's not making you feel, feel good. There's an unfollow button for a reason. There is a mute for a reason. And if it is triggering you, I think it's also just important to remember that like, all you can do is turn inward. You know, it's no one else's responsibility to like really build you up. You have to do that for yourself. Um, and so take some steps to just give yourself a little more love, a little, um, you know, like sassy dance party in your bikini before you hit the beach, um, slap your own ass. As I like to say, (laughs) like really recognize just how fucking amazing you are, how much you have to give. And, um, I think that that is the most important thing above any type of like, external material thing. So yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Wow, that was really <laughs> amazing advice. Could not have said it better. Thank you so much, Aubrey. Of and course. where can all of my listeners find you?
4: Yes, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Aubrey Winters, soon to be on TikTok, soon to be on <gasps> YouTube, soon to have my own podcast that is called the Center Stage Podcast with Aubrey Winters. And you will be able to find all of this at the new and improved aubreywinters.com, which is launching at the beginning of June. Um, and then for anyone listening who you know wants to be a part of the sweaty bish community, DM me. I'll send you a code for a free month and get you moving with us. So yeah.
3: <laughs> All <the> Amazing. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Seriously, you're you such an inspiration to cool. me and to so many other people. And I can really tell you're living your purpose and you're freaking crushing it. And I really hope that I could see you in New York. So yes.
1: yeah, Fingers crossed. crossed.
3: Fingers crossed. I, let me know when you're teaching that event and then I will make sure like if anything, we can just like connect if you're free would love that.
4: I would a love walk. to meet you IRL. Yes. I be
3: amazing. <laughs> amazing. Aww, you're such a gem. Thanks for having me. Aww. Have the best day ever and chat soon. If you love today's episode with Aubrey, make sure you rate the podcast five stars and also follow us on Instagram at HealthyBeHumanPod. I will see you, my gorgeous queen, next week on Wednesday. Same time. Have the best day ever and stay sweaty.